Well, hello there, terrible warriors. Welcome back. We are starting a new year and a new game, and you have joined us once again as we embark on a new story. I am not your game master, Justin Eacock. I will be but a humble player this time around. And this is our episode zero. Just like we did with Simbaroom, this is going to be an opportunity for us to tell you about the game we are going to play, introduce you to the cast who is going to join us. There are familiar voices and unfamiliar voices this time around. And introduce you to briefly who our characters are going to be. But as you might recall from Simbaroom, what we have happened in this episode doesn't necessarily be what comes to play when we actually play the game. We are about to start on another month-long project where every weekend for this month, we will be recording as many hours as we can of this game. And I really like this model because it allows us to do these big stories that we were never able to do in the past in a um, compressed time. So anyway, that's just... That's just my side of podcast editing and production. But we have decided this time around to return to a genre of games that I have always had an uncomfortable relationship with, or at least a struggle as a game master running through it. Uh, This game, Cult Divinity Lost, is a horror game. And we have many horror fans who have been on the show. And if you recall the times that I have run horror games in the past, or even if you were lucky enough to be a part of the Patreon game where I ran Cult, you'll know how I just find that this is like a second language to me. It's not something that I speak natively the way I would when I run a science fiction or a fantasy genre game. So I'm very excited this time around to be a player at the table because I think I've even said it on record. Like I wouldn't want to play this game again unless I was a player because I want to be able to experience that side of the table and also to witness a GM who does speak this as their first language, who does know the words of horror who can help translate this world into a tabletop experience. And I am very excited that, uh, you know, he's creeped us out enough as Vaird in Simbaroom. And this time around, he is taking the center seat at the table to be our storyteller, to help weave that world and lead us through on the leashes of horror, as it were. Mitch Wallace, welcome back. I hope you enjoyed your brief reprieve post Simbaroom, but we're back into the fray now. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm I'm just happy to be back and uh, in a seat uh, that I'm super comfortable in. Yeah, because you being a player on Simbaroom was an oddity because, like me, you're usually uh, tasked with being the one who runs the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now you're now you're back into it and around our table of course i'm not playing this alone i have been given my emotional support players in the form of uh, returning to terrible warriors from our Simbroom game ainsley moores welcome back thank you i'm so excited and uh, when i told you about this idea for our next game And I told you about the setting for it, and I showed you some of the artwork from it. Your reaction was a little lukewarm, little, uh, little. I'm not sure. How 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 did you react when I told you about cult? 
honestly, I'd never considered horror before or something that was like a seriously horror cult is like sometimes it creeps into creepier settings if you're playing D&D or other tabletop games. But I was like, wow, this is like a horror game. Like, am I going to be able to do this? Yeah, this is this fun is, this is the well? kind of horror game where it's not just about like like the rating on the movie, but also you need to check the content warnings underneath that rating. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I don't know what this involves. And I know Mitch is like super into horror. He's mentioned that before. And I was like, Mitch is running this. Like, I am I going to be being very scared? cagey? He's holding a lot of cards <laughs> close to his chest here. I am. I have a concern. But I I, I was like, you know what? It's fun because I, I obviously worked with Mitch and Justin on Simbroom. So I was like, ah, you guys are great people. Kimberly, I'm super excited to be working with. Oh, spoiler. And so I'm excited. The thing with Simbroom, I recall your 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 experience with Tabletop was very much a Dungeons and Dragons experience before Simbroom. And here I am yes. using Simbroom as the gateway drug. And now I'm taking you away from like that fantasy comfort zone into mm-hmm. like this is also as a system it's a powered by apocalypse system which is different from the even even simbroom as different as the system it was it felt okay there's charisma there's strength there's like like there's some familiar like it feels familiar if you've only Mm -hmm. played dungeons and dragons this likely does not feel very familiar at all it it is a very shift in differences and and i'm really excited to maybe partway through this game take another intermission and just ask you too of like what is this like um in a very different intention of rules because power by apocalypse games are very story center whereas mm. even in Simbroom, it was very mechanic centered with the numbers and and the, and the way the rules are so yeah Yes. Uh, it'll be very interesting. I'm I'll excited be keeping, to see. I'll be keeping watch over here. Because <laughs> I may be a player, but I'm 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 still I'm still inquisitive. I'm still watching and planning and plotting. And uh not new to Terrible Warriors because you heard her already join us in an episode of Behind the Screens, where uh not by coincidence, we were talking about a horror setting there as well. We uh are very excited to have Kimberly join us in this our game of cult welcome to the terrible warriors uh thanks justin so stoked to be back so stoked to be playing a horror game when i told you after our behind the screens about cult and about this setting you were just like i don't care what the lineup is i don't care what the queue is i don't care what the order of priority or if there's people who have like a first of right of refusal i need to be on this game you need to you need to eliminate my competition and put them out of the way so that I can be at this table. If there was someone else who's going to be in front of me, I need to get their cement boots ready and throw them into Lake Ontario because I need to be in this game. That was that was I know I'm paraphrasing here, but that that was kind of the gist of it. I was like, if there's something in my schedule on our recording days, like I'm that cat on the table that just shoves everything off the table. <laughs> like, get out. I'm here. <laughs> ready. Why? Are you so excited about playing a game like this? Because both Ainsley and I are coming at it from like curiosity killed the cat kind of a feeling here. where We're like, what have we signed up for? And you're just like, yes. I am really fascinated, first of all, like, you know, from our behind the screens episode that how to make tabletop horror work is really fascinating to me. And I love horror games. I love getting spooked a lot. I like to challenge myself. And I think horror can be very challenging. 
Yeah. So when I heard about Cult and how it's like this game that is specifically designed to be terrifying, horrific, even, um, and that we had Mitch as our DM who has experience like DMing terrible, awful, hor- horrific settings. I was like, I got to be there. I want to be spooked. I want to challenge myself. I want to make a terrible character. Disclaimer, I'm actually very bad at playing bad people in games. So I think this will be challenging for me too. But I'm a I like GM the- <laughs> usually, so I'm used to playing absolute bastards all the time because yeah, yeah. the NPCs need to be antagonistic. But yeah, it's you're you're a very wholesome player when you play your games. I'm looking forward to the excuse to be terrible. Well, welcome. This is a terrible warrior show. So that that works, doesn't it? And we're I'm going to bring Mitch back in now, but did he, did he, was he sending you all like very inquisitive, uncomfortable, probing questions about your character's backstories where I would give a little bit more answer and be like, oh, really? What does he regret? Or and how has he hurt them? Da, 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 da. And what was their name? Da, da, da. I was like, oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm giving him the rope to hang myself on here. I wasn't, was he just doing that to me or was he torturing all of you this week as well? When I was asked for names of characters I was attached to, I started sweating a little bit. It's like, <laughs> oh, okay. Well, here's the name of my dear, dearly beloved grandmother. <laughs> Let's have fun. Let's roll that dice. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, no. I got the questions. My character's... Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. It's fun playing a broken. I can't say too much. I won't say much. Oh, well, we are... We are we, well, we'll get into our characters in just a yeah, moment. Because I do want to, like, um, introduce the cast, introduce the setting, and then introduce our characters. And then we'll roll into our first episode. So, Mitch... Uh, Give me, if you, if you don't mind, I'd love to know. You know, I first found Cult in 2019 on the floor of Gen Con just from the cover art alone. The, the artwork drew me in. I flipped through the pages. I was way past my budget for the weekend already, and I just pulled out my lunch money and went, here, take it all. I'm buying this book on the spot. I need this in my bookshelf. I need this in my collection. Even if I never play it, the artwork alone and then the writing inside of it was just like, the presentation in the book literally blew me away and uh, I was off balance and I found, you know, as a Canadian, when you're down in the States, it's really, you have a lot of change in your pocket all the time. <laughs> you got so many money, so much money and coins and $1 bills. And you just, it feels like you have more money than you have at all times. And you look at it like, Oh, I actually only have the $40 I need for this book. And now I'm completely broke. But your history with cult goes further than that. So please tell me a bit about your your history with cult, what cult is uh, as, as a game, and, um, and how, like, bring us up to the present day. Yeah. Uh, so cult was created in the early 90s by Ganilla uh, Johnson and Michael Peterson. And it's been through a couple of iterations. Of course, now we're at the fourth edition uh, created by uh, Robin uh, Hilgenberg and uh, Petra Nalo, um, done by Helmgast. Uh, and they've completely kind of um, updated everything, went with the Power by the Apocalypse route, new art, layout, and rule set. Uh, it won uh, a lot of cool awards back in 2019. And I think as 
has brought the the horror genre in TTRPG um, to a place where uh, I, as a horror en- enthusiast, salivate. Cult, for me, uh, has scratched every itch in terms of horror. Reading through the book is horrific in of itself. The pictures and art engaging, erotic, sensual, as well as grotesque, which is something I've always been interested in. Uh, some of my favorite movies have been like Black Void and I Saw the Devil, uh, which is a Korean film, um, Atorados, uh, and a few others. And Cult just kind of, uh, it, it speaks uh, to a lot of horror fans, very narrative focused. And the, the setting is also amazing, kind of almost uh, Hellraiser-esque, uh, this Gnostic uh, look at reality. Uh, where the whole world uh, is put together by an illusion that the Demiurge uh, has concocted along with the Archons and the Death Angels, which keep humanity prisoners. Which kind of feels a little Matrix-y as well. Mm-hmm. Of, uh, there's those, the humans that are in this prison don't know it. And once you become aware of it, you're more or less now, like it or not, in this resistance against it. It definitely, it's definitely been sold to me as like Hellraiser meets the Matrix in some circles. But there's so many angles to horror in this book. There's so many roads you can take to it. And just off of your point, the book, the design of it, it reminds me of like more recently as well of games like Morkborg and Bluebeard's Bride of these books are not just rule books anymore. And, you know, in the 90s, if you'd bought a horror t- tabletop game, maybe it's something like uh, even something World of Darkness, right? It would have it, it was laid out like an encyclopedia, like a, a set of rules, um, very uh, analytical. Maybe there's some pictures aside to it, but it's a picture that's illustrating an example that's already in the book and it's drawing something out very much like Dungeons and Dragons is today. And now with games like like Cult, you read through this book and just the language it's using in the rules, the way it is saying, the way it's phrasing, even just dedicating an entire page to just say book one in big gold filigree of these big heavy fonts. Yeah. You, you, it conditions you into a, into an emotional state while you're flipping through yeah. the pages. It's, it's wonderful. But Peter Pernusha of Imagining Games always said that TTRPGs have a, a difficult route because they are one part um uh i, I guess they're an instruction manual yeah instruction yeah. manual it's an art book as it's well a as a creative book. license yeah. it, it needs to both be a textbook and a blueprint and an instruction manual while also being a storyteller mm-hmm. in its own and, right yeah and when you can do all parts of that then you've made a really good ttrpg uh which i think cult has definitely and kind of going back on the matrix comparison i think my favorite part about cult is that the further um you get to the truth the further away you get from yourself and so uh freedom is not an escape from your chains into something more glorious and beautiful but it's something more terrifying horrific which we just accept i mean that's that's the end goal there is there is no light there is no benevolence um the world is a dark and horrific place and we in this chained world are probably our best versions of ourselves in terms of morality the further we 
go and escape from the the lies and go to the truth, the more we understand that our power and our freedom is freedom from morality, which is horrific um, and grotesque. So if this was being done like the first Fellowship of the Ring, Lord of the Rings, with the opening with Galadriel giving the overview for the audience of the things we need to know before we descend onto the Shire, what what is that opening narrative like for the cult movie, Mitch? Like how how does that opening come up to catch the audience up on the things that our listeners need to know? Because certainly, I imagine when we begin our game in only a few minutes, and I am stalling because I am terrified. Uh, <laughs> when we begin that game, our characters are not going to know what we, the players, know and certainly what the listeners know. So what should the listener know about Cult Divinity Lost before this episode begins? So that they, Because this is also a bit of you know inside baseball, as you know, Mitch, while I was running Simbroom. Most of the people that are listening to Terrible Warriors... If they click the link in the show notes and they buy Cult, they are going to have to run this game. <laughs> so I also want you to feel free to equip that person, knowing that the person listening in is a potential GM candidate for this world. So let them know how the sausage gets made, right? Bring them into your room space as much as you want to. And certainly right now, what should we the listener know before we embark on this uh exploration uh yeah i think i'm going to rip uh from the cult uh core rule book uh, the first chapter um which is spoken of uh in the trailer of cult divinity loss for the kickstarter we live in a world where the sun has set Fallen angels, twisted demons, and lost gods walk in our midst. So too do our eternal jailers, pitiless beings beyond time itself, striving to keep us imprisoned. Their corrupting influence seeps into every aspect of our existence. They wield almost total control over our top politicians, religious leaders, law enforcement officials, internet celebrities, in media industries. Their only goal is to keep us distractive, passive, and quiet, so we never awaken from our trance and see the world as it truly is. Shall we introduce our cast? Yeah, I think we're, if we're ready to hop in, I'm ready to hop in. So, Ainsley... Oh, actually, now that I think about maybe Ainsley, we should introduce just at at the third uh, uh, out of us because you're you're uh, you're you're a you're a special case, Kimberly. <laughs> Who are you bringing to this cult table? So I am bringing Autumn Oculus, and Autumn Oculus is an occultist, which is one of the archetypes in cult, um, which help you build your character. Um, Autumn is part of a cult and also a student, so a multitasker, as a lot of students are. And Autumn is really scared of the truth, but she also has to know. And she wants to fight it because her fight or flight instinct says fight, fight, fight. 
And as an occultist character, do we want to, I guess a lot of it is just going to be show, not tell. We're going to get to meet them. Your character is very much connected to mine. I'm not playing an occultist, though. I'm playing a scientist, specifically a theoretical engineer currently on leave because of something that you did, Autumn. He's absolutely blaming you, even though it was almost certainly his fault. He is uh, working out of, I just told Mitch, a local educational institution. So like if it's a college or a university or a fucking high school, like uh, it, it is Mitch's world. And I wanted to just leave enough vagaries so that we can fit there. But um, let's be honest, I'm playing Walter Wish, <laughs> Walter Bishop from Fridge is very much if, if I was playing a character that was going to look like mine, um, but uh, much less... Um, forgiving uh, or forgivable to to uh to me as a player he's he's not as uh he's not as nice um aiden is been stealing ideas from people through his entire career uh the theories he has won awards for the inventions he has patented the um the projects that he's been involved in, all of the stuff that is on his wall in his office that has made him this respected scientist in the international community is all based off of uh, inventions and ideas created by his students that he has been taking from, up-and-coming students that have a bright future. He takes those ideas, ruins their reputation. There's no bodies to bury he just makes us that they're just no longer welcome in academia anymore because of claims of plagiarism and all this. He knows how the game is played, and he's been playing it against them for years and making a huge reputation for himself. And that all goes back to an even... There's an origin story to that as well that Mitch and I have been unfolding. But more recently, his latest victim was going to be Autumn. Uh, Autumn Oculus, our occultist. This very bright, energetic student with really interesting ideas and a knowledge of the way things work that was very not scientific, but seemed to have some empirical, like there was truth to this. Yes. Yeah, so I was going to say Autumn's cult has some, some knowledge into how the world works and how to break through that illusion that cult is built on. Yeah. And she brings this. From my understanding with cult is this illusion that Mitch was talking about, this prison that the humans are in, which is our reality, our real world. Uh, is failing, it's crumbling, it's falling apart. And perhaps, and this is just me speculating because I'm not the GM, so I don't fucking know. The occult that the cult that our occultist is a part of is exploiting one of these cracks in this illusion. They have they have a, a, a thing that they do, a ritual that they do that is allowing them to basically look through the keyhole and see outside the prison, see outside the illusion. And that's incredibly dangerous. And is likely sending most of them mad and, and is, uh, you know, it's not, it's not a safe thing to do. But there's lots more of these cults popping up all around the world as the illusion continues to crumble. And so that's, that's, so, so you come to me with this, this truth, this knowledge, and it fucking works. And we begin building this thing that is going to change the world, a, a window to other realities, a doorway that will allow us to see to like maybe it's a string theory, parallel earth, something I don't know. It's just it's gonna work, it's gonna make me famous. And we turn it on and all hell breaks loose. And for a very brief moment, 
not enough that will like mechanically change who our character stats are. We step through into one of we we step outside the illusion. We step outside of this prison. We step into another realm of an archon or a death angel or somewhere. I don't know as a player where we went. I don't Aiden certainly doesn't know, but we stepped through to that. And while we were there, for just that briefest of moment before we peed ourselves and ran away, we found someone there lying on the ground. They were alive, but they were not conscious. And we grabbed them, (laughs) pulled them out. But the door we went through was not the door we exited from. And we ended up some distance away from the lab, a park nearby is what I had suggested. Only to hear on the news, the lab burnt to the ground. There was an explosion. They think it was a gas leak or some unsafe practices. And after a thorough investigation by the fire department and all this stuff, they blamed Aiden. They've blamed me. I have been put on leave. There's an investigation. There are students that were harmed, students that are missing. Uh, we don't know what came through that door. We, 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 we left it open and it collapsed on itself. And we've also got this person we've brought back. And that's who Ainsley Moore is playing. And Ainsley is playing the broken character. We have an occultist, we have a scientist, and then we have this character, the broken. Yes, I'm very excited. Blue has been... Do we have a timeline for how long since this accident? Uh, Mitch, how long has it been since I burnt down the school? One year. Oh, God, I've been broke for what year? I'm at my wit's end. (laughs) This is worse than a pandemic. (laughs) I'd rather be in lockdown. (laughs) I can't stand this instant ramen anymore. Mm, I used to have my meals prepared by my TA. Listen, Professor, you'll get used to it. You got to add the like extra powders and stuff. Promise me this, Autumn. If I ever get used to instant ramen, you will smother me in my sleep and you will not stop until I am dead. Have you tried adding green onion? Ooh, that sounds good. (laughs) Wow. So that has means that, sorry, that means that Blue has had an entire year to learn how to be a person again uh, with no knowledge of who or what she was before this year she's not looking good she's underweight she's trying to figure out how everything tastes again she has no memories but sort of images that come through her head she has a lot of headaches but is genuinely very curious about the things around her and seems to be lacking any sort of self-preservation like danger sort of sense she's she registers pain, but she's not concerned by it as much as she probably should be. And she's been learning from Aiden and Autumn as much as she can, what it means to exist in this place and trying desperately to remember if she, like she's, she's a, a young woman looking like in her early twenties, she's trying to figure out how, what happened. Cause there obviously were years before this that she cannot account for. She was able to pick up things like speech, which means she, probably had them beforehand she probably has a lot of things and it's just a a memory of what her life is or was she's very obsessed and with nothing else to do aiden is researching you uh we have relationship questions that we're supposed to choose as players the occultist is my assistant and the broken is my research subject so uh 
I mean, we don't even know if where we went, time relatively moves the same way as it does here. Uh, just because we have a relative idea of your age does not mean if you started here on Earth that you were actually here in the last 20 years. You could be from hundreds of years ago. We we just don't have anything. So I've been, without anything else to do, <laughs> I've just been studying you uh, because whatever Autumn brought into my lab and caused all this and whatever you are, Blue, um, leads to a truth that I have, through sunk cost fallacy, completely convinced myself will restore the life I had before the two of you came and wrecked Nobel it. Noble prize ticket. That's me. You asked for this. Let me remind you. <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, I'm the I've victim been, here. Been trying to get back in the good graces with my cult who have put me on probation for an incident that may or may not come up as we play. <gasps> that is separate oh from this. This is my oh, backstory. No. We need to quickly come up with, I just realized, Autumn and, and Blue's relationship. I was imagining it's sort of like a mentorship thing of like, oh, Autumn's here again. Autumn, what have you brought in from the outside? This is so interesting. Wow. <laughs> Stop contaminating Insta- my research. I've brought you uh, instant noodles. Excellent. I love it. They're so dry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so your relationships one of the characters trying to get you back on your feet yes. one of the characters was taken when you were broken one of the characters is your closest friend one of the characters is the reason you were broken or you are angry with one of the characters you also can choose relationships from other archetypes as well uh pending mitch's approval aiden i assume you're just kind of weirdly my like uh caretaker Slash, I'm um, your research subject. That's our relationship. Yeah, uh, it's taking on maybe a, a bit friend. of a familial role after so much time. I have to be yeah. like, no, I may let me teach you about economics, Blue. <laughs> What's a bank? What I'm saying is, you need to bring in some of the rent. <laughs> what is pull yourself up by the bootstraps and get yourself you, a part time job? Uh, Stop being a burden on society. Do I have to leave the house? This is overwhelming. You just end up working in the bodega directly underneath (laughs) the apartment, so you don't even have to leave the building. You just fill out like those online surveys all day. You're just working at the convenience store just underneath the apartment that we're squatting in. No, I like this idea of a survey monkey. I'm just and that way you get all the instant ramen you could ever need. Mm -hmm. Oh, I do love instant ramen. I end up working at the convenience store, don't I? Fuck. Yeah. It's the only thing I'm good for. I have no marketable skills Wait, anywhere else. Are we else. running a convenience store together? This is a sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> All the Sorry, instant noodles you could want. If we're Bam. squatting, if we're squatting Sorry. above an apartment above a bodega, we might have been able to convince him to like like levy the rent in lieu of us working at this convenience store during all the bad hours of the day. Um, uh, we Sorry, were, we just we that's good because Blue doesn't like. The daytime. She finds it makes her headaches work. So she's happy to work all night long. Yeah. We need to come up with this like Kim's convenience store name now. <laughs> Subplot. <laughs> the the uh, uh, cult convenience. <laughs> Alliteration. What's that? Uh... <laughs> should go to Twitter and just ask. Because it's not going to, we're not going to be there when we start the game so we can find out what the name of this convenience store is we can uh, maybe name it after someone from our patreon page i love that <laughs> oh my god uh, i love it do it overall oh uh, you know what i've got uh i've got i've got the patreon 
uh, backer sheet open right now. We used to do this back in the day. Uh, we can bring back the uh, the old tradition. <laughs> and I'll roll. I'll roll like a d twenty and uh, find a. Uh, here's the relationship manager. <laughs> okay, so, uh, bitch, do you have a hasty market in the U.S. or is that a Canadian thing? Uh, I have never heard of that. So Hasty Market is like a, a franchise of convenience stores. Anyway, I just rolled up Joshua Hastings. So it's <laughs> it's not Hasty Market. It's Hasting Market. Uh, so yeah, Hasting, Hastings, Hastings Market. And uh, yeah, it's the, like, there's, there's uh, the Hastings run do this. We make, do we make haste? So it's uh, I don't want to call hasty because that would be a trademark infringement, but haste hasting market. Other than that, it looks exactly the same. It's very much like uh, Mitch. If you're ever in Ontario and you go up to Sudbury, you'll drive past a McDonald's on the right side of the road, and then a place called like Big Burger on the left side of the road that has a single golden arch <laughs> as their logo, <laughs> to the point where they even have a T-shirt going like, "Why have two arches when one arch is good?" enough like like what arch is better than two or something like that and and they did their burger dive right across the street from mcdonald's whose logo is just one golden arch with their names but also very brazen why would you go to sudbury for any reason (laughs) on your way north as Uh, you're taking the highway to a really nice camping Uh, site (laughs) to yellow (laughs) knife yeah (laughs) on my way to uh you know uh the to uh lake superior which has some really good camping grounds um okay uh sorry that was a bit of a detour but how's that hastings market yeah we're living above that's so funny. we're all sharing this one like tiny apartment it's like something out of a sam raimi spider-man 2 rental situation who's been sleeping in the tub since she was found <laughs> porcelain is the only thing that feels comfortable to your skin <laughs> yes ah beauty <laughs> that's weird thank you all right yeah so there's there's autumn aiden and blue and do uh, we are we on a first name basis do i call you do i still call it's you been professor? a year i think i just still refer to you all in expletives <laughs> But no, yeah, I'll be just be. It, 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 it's autumn and blue, but I'm only just barking things at you still, Mister. Yes, you can. You can call me Sir. You can call me Doctor Callus, Professor. Yeah. Even I don't even know if he has a doctorate. If he does, it's stolen. Uh, Mitch, final thoughts before we roll into our first episode what should uh what's the takeaway here as you're hearing us just goofing around going like oh you poor summer children <laughs> it's fine everything's gonna be fine it's very soothing thank you yeah. we'll be back next week with our first story episode in our new campaign series playing cult divinity lost what is going to happen in our first episode, Mitch. What is the, on the next episode of Terrible Warriors, what is the tease? Next episode, uh, three individuals sit in an empty uh, airport. One of them catches uh, the eye of a dead crow outside the window, the pitter-patter of rain uh, hitting against its chest. It seems to be drowning 
uh, in the rain itself, his mouth stretched open to the dark sky. Um, in this sort of melancholic uh, morning that you're having. I really like that your teases could be like, you know, those like incomprehensible in the next time on Evangelion, like on, <laughs> where it's just like flashes <laughs> of imagery, but they never sent the translation to the English dubbers. So they just don't know what the hell they're looking at. And they go like, something's going to happen. Pass me the beer. <laughs> cool. 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 Beer. This is fine. Just one to split between the three of us. Cause we're broke. Oh, airport food's expensive. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cult Flight 191 will begin its story next week. Stay up to date with what we have planned by following us on Twitter at Dice Warriors. And if you are a Patreon supporter, we'll be aiming to send you each episode of our cult campaign each Friday before we post them to the rest of the world so that you may know the dark secrets of the truths of the world before everyone else. Help support this show by donating whatever amount you like at patreon.com slash terriblewarriors. This is not a cheap production to make, and we don't take any money from advertisers or sponsors. The Terrible Warriors literally only exist because of you and your direct support. Cult Divinity Lost is published by Helmgast. Our theme music is by Epic Game Music, all other music is licensed through Epidemic Sound. Next week, we take our plane tickets and get ready to board a flight that promises each the answers that we seek. And you will get to meet the scientist, the cultist, and their broken friend on the first episode of Cult Divinity Lost. And until that time, dear listener, stay safe and be good to each other.